Welcome to episode 132 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brent Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Justin Graham. He is a designer, freelancer, and all-around rad guy, also from Colorado, interestingly. Colorado guy. Colorado guy Oh, uh, We dig into his background, talk about freelancing, talk about traveling. Super fun. But before we get into it, thank you so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. They are a ridiculously powerful, easy to use way to be a better freelancer, designer, business owner, entrepreneur. Impossible. No one's ever good at those things. What does FreshBooks do? They offer... They freshen your books. Amazing features like client invoicing, expense tracking, time tracking, business reporting, cash reporting, handling online payments, basically an entire suite system of tools that makes it easy for you to spend more time designing and less time handling things like paperwork and expense management and cash flow and sending invoices and trying to get your clients to pay you. All the stuff you don't want to be doing, FreshBooks does it for you. It's incredibly easy to use. Some of my favorite features are time tracking on the go and it maps to your client projects. You can see exactly where you're making the most money for your time. And then you can expense that directly online and have people pay you straight to your bank account from FreshBooks so easy to use. If you're a freelancer, if you are uh, doing any sort of work on the side and working with clients, you have to be using FreshBooks. To learn more, go to freshbooks.com slash design details and sign up. And in the how did you hear about us section, put design details. That'll tell them that we sent you and get you a free month of FreshBooks. So again, that's freshbooks.com slash design details. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring this show. With that, let's get into episode 132 with Justin Graham. Hi, I'm Justin I'm from Denver, Colorado. Hey. Hey. And currently live in San Francisco, California, and I'm a designer. Whoa. Pretty cool. <laughs> I think I'm on the right place, right? Is this the podcast? <laughs> a, you're a designer? This is a developer <laughs> podcast, dude. Oh, Anyways, what are you working on? Uh, right now, I'm currently trying to find some some work. Interviewing with some people, and uh, just got back from traveling, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, currently just trying to figure that out. Let's work our way back to that. Yeah. How long have you been in San Francisco? I've been in San Francisco for about about three years now, almost three years. Three years. Yeah. Uh, Denver before. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm was from I'm. Grew up in Denver, um, went to school in Boulder. Uh, see you up there. Go Buffs. Yeah, what up? Hey. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo. That one's for Matt. <laughs> yeah, Brian's roommate went to Boulder and he constantly yeah. says, go Buffs. You're from you're from Evergreen, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I used to go up there in the wintertime and play pond hockey. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. Pond ho- Dude, pond hockey, that was a lake. Well, okay. It was a lake. There was like, there's probably about like three, Wait, or, three or four rings. Is this the pond I saw? Because it was definitely a pond. Evergreen Lake? Yeah, dude, it was small. It's the it's largest lake. outdoor natural ice skating rink in North America. Last Yeah, it was like a Is pond. It? Wow, I didn't know it was that big. The competition's not that intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, fun fact, uh, I worked at Evergreen Lake. Okay. I was a skate guard. Oh, okay. Another whistle? fun fact. Well, got to hear that story. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to stop. Mm. And I was you being, bend your knees. I was being paid to... To save people's lives, yeah. In the event that did anybody they... fall through the ice? No, no. Okay. Oh well, 
I mean, there's been some areas where there was cones and like there was a hole in the ice and we're just like, oh, need a so hole. some people have fallen through. Yeah. Not on my watch. Okay. Um, That's good. Loving 100% yeah. survival rate. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of my first jobs. Uh, they were like, yeah, you're going to be a skate guard. Here's like this whole training program that you're going to go through, blah, 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 to learn how to ice skate. Yeah. Because I'd never really. Yeah. You need to be skated. able to chase down the hooligans that are skating super fast. Yeah. You know? But then it's a. Uh, uh, it's such a lean operation that I show up on the first day. They're like, yeah, uh, go skate guard. Yeah. <laughs> so I threw on some skates and learned. <laughs> no <Yeah>. slap shot. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah. I can't catch you. I can't catch you, nor can I stop. He's too fast. He's too fast. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah. So you're from Colorado. Yeah. You went to correct. Boulder. Yep. Uh, what'd you study? Uh, architecture, actually. Yeah, studied architecture there for, uh, well, actually, I started out doing fine arts. I was doing photography and drawing. Um, and then kind of was like, am I going to be, do I want to be a teacher or do I want to go into like the art game and like try to do that? Um, and I did some architecture classes in, in high school, actually, like AutoCAD and stuff. Um, and kind of decided to kind of go into that. It was actually my, my roommate was in architecture and he was building models while I was doing like economics homework or, you know, like the, the core classes. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I want to do what that guy's <laughs> doing, building models. So I was like helping him like put his little trees on his model. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. So like the next, I think it was like the next semester, I had to just like change majors. Um, I mean, yeah. you could have just bought Legos. That's true. I could have just bought them <laughs> from my house, but you know, <laughs> your roommate's building like two scale, fine, you know, yeah. models, beautiful <laughs> models. Check this out. out of I built wood. a laser sword out of Legos. <laughs> yeah, You're building like out. a Star Wars yeah. fucking Death Star, two scale replica of the Empire State Building. I had the box. Back, yes, you know? dude. <laughs> uh, why didn't you stick with it? Or did you? What happened? Um, yeah. So after college, it was, what was that, like 2010? And there was a huge, you know, the economical crash that we had, a uh, recession. So they weren't building any buildings, um, especially in Denver. Um, so really, it kind of just was really, really hard to find a job in architecture after school. Um, so I was actually out in LA, in Santa Monica, visiting my cousin once, um, six months after I graduated, um, and basically just blasted off my my portfolio and my resume on gmail to like 170 something architecture firms i found this list actually online and basically was just redlining through every single one after i blasted off an email and uh, within 24 hours google froze my account <gasps> and basically i couldn't use my google my gmail anymore because i had sent off so many emails that they uh thought i was like a spam bot or something um, so, <laughs> well, um, but I, yeah, hustle dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it worked out though. I actually, um, got an interview with a little boutique firm out in Santa Monica and, um, went in and interviewed and got the job and came back and flew back to Denver like the day after and packed up all my stuff and road tripped the night after back out to LA and started, I think it was, the following week. Holy shit. Yeah. So it was just kind of a big whirlwind, but I was just, I was just ready to kind of start working, you know, after college, I just wanted to go do some stuff. You emailed 170 somewhere around businesses there, yeah. Yeah. and you heard back from one. Um, there was a few that I was talking to, maybe like okay. three, three. I mean, this was like, yeah, there was like no one hiring yeah. architects, like kids right out of school. Um, I did a lot of like 3d stuff, um, and, and rendering stuff in Photoshop. Um, so I had that under my belt. Um, so I was able to do, when I went to go actually work for that firm, I was doing a lot of like 3d modeling. Um, 
basically the principal of the architecture firm still hand drew everything. Um, and then he'd give it to me and I'd have my scale and I'd measure it and then put it into the program called Revit, which basically is a 3D modeling program for architecture. Um, and then I'd basically render that out at like, you know, uh, no, no real like colors or, or environment around it. And then I'd bring it into Photoshop and add like the light streaks of the cars at night oh. and like people and like glowing things, you know, like all kinds of stuff that you Lights. see on like, yeah, like that you see on like the side of the gates of these new buildings all around town that, you know, get everybody excited or you present to the, the client um, and they get all jazzed about it because it's pretty. Um, so I did that for a bit. And then. Well, what I like is you email 170 companies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, that's like I was basically sitting there. I, I was copying and pasting and like changing out the names. And yeah, stuff. But yeah, it was like it was pretty rough. It was yeah. pretty rough trying to get a job after that. After I mean, school. I just think of you know you hear stories like oh yeah I, I reached out to ten companies and I haven't heard anything back. Yeah, <laughs> you reach out to hundred and seventy. I got companies. my Google account frozen. <laughs> they froze my my Gmail. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I was like, I didn't know what happened. I was like, what? Happened? You know, I was in. I didn't work in tech really or anything. I was just like, oh my, it's his email. I use email to like reach out to these people. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it was it was funny. But, yeah. So you started working at an architecture firm mm-hmm. in Santa Monica. Yeah. How long were you there? Uh, about two two years. Yeah. Yeah, the entire time I was in San Francisco, uh, or uh, sorry, Santa Monica, um, I was working at that firm basically. Um, and kind of what happened was, like, they had like their website was old, and they wanted it updated. They also wanted updated brand. Um, and I was like, I did you know graphic stuff in college a little bit. You know, I, I've I, opened Photoshop. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey. yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I'll do your. Um, you know, I'll do your brand and, and your website. Uh, I didn't know, how, you know, how to do code or anything. I, it was like, to me, like web and stuff, when I was in doing architecture, it was like kind of like magic. You didn't know what happened really behind the scenes. Um, so I kind of had to like, it was kind of this eye-opening experience to like see um, kind of the behind the scenes of how like websites worked and stuff. And that's something that I kind of had to learn. And I actually used this program called Muse to to build it, which was ah like, Muse. Yeah, remember ah, Muse? I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah, it was in beta, and I was like, "This is pretty sweet." It's all like basically just make rectangles on here and bring in Photoshop buttons and like you know pull it all together. And <laughs> that's uh, pretty much how it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was pretty great because I could like make the website really fast, but like you know just basically link the pages and um, yeah, it worked out. And that was kind of like the transitional moment and. I was like, oh, this is, I really like doing this. Maybe I should go into this. And, you know, like I, I think it was it Behanced or something like that. I threw some of the stuff up on Behanced. And yeah. Behance. Behance. Is that how it said? Yeah. Behanced. All right. Dude, honestly, I still don't really know the I, proper I pronunci- threw up some things on Behance. <laughs> I threw up some things on Behance. <laughs> some of my pretty pictures. <laughs> Pixels and things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I threw it up on there and started getting kind of like some interest from some companies around like digital product stuff, like websites. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say you threw it up, like case studies or literally just throwing up random screenshots of shit you're um, working on? Yeah, it was basically just like screens of the website. Um, didn't really, wasn't really a huge case study around it. Um, it's more of like, can how can we get like all of the renderings that you've done for our buildings, how can we get those online? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. so people can see that and kind of want us to do their buildings for them. Um, so yeah, it was not really case, 
in-depth case study or anything like that. It was just kind of like, here's some brand stuff. And I kind of just did some digging and figured out how other people were presenting their, their, st their stuff on Behance. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's still present kinda, tense, Behance. 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 Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I put it up there and started getting some interest and then kind of started taking interviews, like phone interviews on that. But while doing that, I was doing a lot of tutorials around interface design. Like, uh, yeah, how did that, that was my next question. Yeah. How, did, how did you learn going from architecture and 3D rendering to, okay, now we're building websites and yeah. graphics and brand. Yeah. How did you make that leap? Yeah, it was a pretty long process. Um, did a lot of like I, I used the uh, what was it lynda.com a lot to like yeah yeah like you're learning uh, about how to do interface design and all, all like psd tuts and stuff like that yes. um basically like i when i was jumping into it it was all skeuomorphic so i was doing these like crazy interfaces i was like i'm gonna design a receiver for an audio thing and like have like spiral aluminum and like you know like wood and all this crazy stuff and glowing lights put fires on cars exactly the yeah. good old days that's yeah, what we call that exactly so many many layer styles just like yep. going nuts blend modes yeah. layer styles if you don't have 30 <laughs> layer styles per layer yeah. you're not doing it right exactly <laughs> exactly so it was it's pretty intense but uh yeah it's kind of how i learned how to do the the interfaces and stuff and coming in at that point did you get an opportunity to do all that learning at the architecture firm like on the job or was this nights and weekends um mostly nights and weekends um I, I mean, when I was in the office, I was doing their projects, basically like 3D, 3D modeling their, their buildings and doing the renderings in Photoshop. Um, so whenever I was doing that stuff, it was kind of just in the evenings or on the weekends. So it was almost like a freelance project, but working for the company. So like doing two different things for them, I guess. So they were really getting a lot out of you. They were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking like, back on it. Huh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wow. I was doing hmm. the jobs of two people. Well, yeah. For the price of one. But it seems like it was worth it. It did. Yeah, it was It was very worth it. Yeah. It's very the pivotal moment. So what happened next? When did you start getting paid by other people? Actually, I landed a gig back in Denver, Colorado. Um, was pretty stoked about that since nice. it was back kind of home, been away from the family for a bit. Um, and it was at a three, what was it? Three person startup, including me um, in Denver, which back in 2011, they didn't really have a large startup scene or as what it is now. I mean, it's kind of booming much more now. Um, but yeah, it was a really small, just like startup there doing like an entertainment app for basically it was kind of like, for like kind of like teens and tweens and Stoners. a way for them to like interact with the cast. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Colorado. So, <laughs> you know. But it was for teens and tweens. Yeah, it was for teens. It was the younger demographic. And uh, how was, is that? It was interesting. Um, it was my first gig doing like interface design and it was a mobile app. Um, and it was kind of like, I don't know, it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Um, got to basically get paid to learn what I was learning before on nights and weekends, which was like really cool. Um, so enjoyed that. But yeah, definitely not like something I was passionate about was like TV, teens and tweens TV drama. That seems right up your alley. So you know, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> surprise. They like Disney Channel shows is what they were trying to produce and allow people to like uh, interact with that, the cast and stuff. Um, interesting. Yeah. I feel like the teens and tweens market Mm -hmm. is what everybody cares about. You only feel that way because you're part of it. <laughs> it's what a lot of people care about. Yeah. 
How so? I just all, all I their just, Snapchat. I can't, yeah, I can't. All I, those discovery features that you don't I can't know exist. Snapchat and shit <laughs> they like just that. Get it? They're in a higher level. What are the of uh, consciousness Snapchats or something? Viners and yeah, bloggers and I don't know. What bloggers? Are, what are kids doing these days? You know, kids these <laughs> bloggers. They just get it. How do they feel about Corecut <laughs> or like GeoCities? <laughs> yes, yeah. tell me more. Oh man. Yeah, kids just get it, and yeah. I just don't get I don't it. Know. It's, you know, it's all them Neopets. Yeah. Dude, is Neopets even? A th- Do you Neopets? play Neopets? Dude? No, no. Neopets like Tamagotchis or what? Close enough. Close enough. Is that like an <laughs> iPhone app version of the little ones? The little keychain. The little keychains. You Colorado people didn't have much when you were growing up. That's no. fine. Yeah. Uh, just this we little thing there. we like to call yeah. the outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty neat. You can, like <laughs> ski on it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so within a year, you'd gone from architecture to web and branding mm-hmm. to mobile app design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty crazy ramp up yeah what did you decide you liked the best um i really like mobile yeah he's like architecture i'm going back <laughs> yeah i was like i'm done I, with this i, I just can't take the tv and tween stuff yet. anymore and the tv shows i can't do it um so how was how has your tween faces. apnea app been working <laughs> 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 oh man um but yeah it's it was i don't know i really enjoyed it um learned it learned a lot um and kind of like that set me in it set me up for getting out here to San Francisco, which I'm pretty grateful for. Yeah. So how um, long were you in Denver? I was back in Denver for eight months. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A little short oh, stint. Short and stint. I was like, it's all San Francisco lights. And I was like, oh, you know, it was like, you know, the where everybody was going that was trying to get into that kind of space. How did you make the leap to San Francisco? It was actually just, I mean, again, throwing stuff online. Um put stuff out there and got reached out to by a company here in the Bay um, by a fellow named Jeffrey Kolmikoff. If you've ever... Ooh. Yeah. He's... Fancy, man. Yeah, he's a rad dude. Um, Still a close friend. um, But he reached out to me, emailed and was like, hey, you want to come work in San Francisco? Uh, I like what you're doing. Um, And I was like, sure. That sounds awesome. So um, that's when I made the leap out here. Um, Yeah, it was... Pretty quick, quick turnaround there in Colorado. So you weren't applying to companies out here at the same time? Not really. I was pretty, I was pretty content actually in Denver. Oh. Um, I was back around family, um, friends from college and high school. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like a just happened kind of thing. And it's like, well, oh, you know, like San Francisco does sound pretty cool. And then started looking into it more and more. And it was like, you know, you know the tech scene here is booming (laughs) it is a booming (laughs) yeah so do you miss denver yeah i miss denver i miss denver i miss my like family um and stuff like that but um miss you know like skiing in the winter time because i mean when i moved out here like the first two years there was like no snow at all and this year it's actually had some snow um which is kind of surprising actually had some snow yeah like the most snowfall on record oh really yeah okay this year was great yeah Yeah, the el nino thing was like crazy i guess dumped everywhere yeah yeah Yeah. well like the last couple the years before that though it was just like insane i remember seeing like a picture of the mountains and there was like literally no snow on them and it was like november or december yeah Yeah. it's like pretty wild so you made it to san francisco the holy land yeah. Oh God! As 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 people would say. As people would say, what was your reaction? Like um, kind of hearing about it from afar, and then finally. Yeah, I, I mean, I really liked it. Um, it was very overwhelming. I didn't know anybody out here. I didn't have any friends. It was kind of just jumping out here for a job. 
So how did you make, like, start to involve yourself in the community okay. and the culture? As someone who's here? not very like friendly, yeah. How how did you start to make connections where people were like, "Oh, this guy's not a complete asshole." Yeah, someone yeah. like really introverted like yourself. I went to a, I went to a lot of uh, meetups. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, just started saying, hello, my name's Justin. It's pronounced um, Behance, by the way. Behance, <laughs> Yeah. It's like, would you like to be my friend and talk to On me? On Behance. On Behance. We can comment. Would you like to be my friend chat. and Behance me? <laughs> yeah. Behance. Let's Behance together. Let's Behance. Yeah. It's basically just like, that's kind of how I met some people and then just started kind of hanging out and on the weekends and stuff and through like the one degree of separation that exists here in San Francisco, I started meeting like more and more people that were in the same kind of stuff that I was doing. And, um, there's a lot of awesome people out here. Um, so I have a lot of really good friends now after three years. I think for the most part, I'm pretty happy with that one degree of separation here. Like yeah. most people know most people. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty Anybody cool. knows someone else. That's yeah. Like it's one, pretty neat. One, yeah. That's great. That one person you want to know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're sitting in a room with someone who knows them. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember when I met Bryn, I mean, you introduced me to basically half the, half of my one degrees, like Gabe and Caleb and Sam. 99 of them. 99 degrees. Yeah. 98. 98 degrees. degrees. Uh, Yeah. Good one. (laughs) God damn it. I'm not good at boy bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Had them on cassette. (laughs) Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what what were you working on when you first made it out here? The company I moved out for was a company, it's called Bettable. And basically they were doing like trying to kind of reinvent real money gaming um, and allowing people to do like kind of gambling stuff, but like more so like on games that aren't like slots or like the you know normal casino games. What's an example of a game besides slots that you'd gamble on neopets well it never got to that point actually so it became it kind of turned transitioned into being an actual like more casino where the games live that you go to um and that was kind of like one of the reasons that i was kind of ready to kind of leave from it because it wasn't like being what i thought it was going to be i guess people love gambling it's great and it makes them happy but i wasn't someone that wanted to kind of build something that people were using to do that kind of stuff so it was just you know to each his own i guess you know Uh but yeah so i was after that i jumped to another gaming company um they were doing mobile gameplay recording um and that was pretty fun because i was able to kind of design the sdk that the, the game developers would put inside of their games that then would allow the content to come to our social app which was pretty cool. Look at you, Mr. Technical. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, I was in the gaming space for a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you learned the lingo. The lingo. I'm not a huge gamer though. That's the thing, is like I kind of got into that game space and then got like you kind of stay in that little niche there, you know. And he, there's lots of little niches and you kind of just get stuck in that little niche. And <laughs> and you just you know, you just kind of fall into it. But huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You get hired for the work you've already done. I mean that's I feel like that's pretty common. Well, you get to know that space, you know, a little bit. Yeah. In the gaming space. Subject matter expert. Exactly. I I feel like that's part of the reason people here switch jobs so fast is because they don't want to get penned into this one specific kind of work, right? Mm. Like if you work on, if you work on a social app, it's like, oh, he'd be great for our social app, but maybe you want (laughs) to work on something that's not 
a fucking social yeah, app. Right what on. else is there? No, oh, you're right. That's it. <laughs> I would really like to work on an antisocial app. Yeah. Dude. Where people don't talk. Whoa. You just you just sit there and do nothing. You guys are onto something. It's called meditation. <gasps> How do you feel about meditation? I like it. Yeah, I did it. I did the, what is that app? Headspace. Headspace. Yeah. The 10 day thing. Yeah. Did that for a little bit. It's <laughs> Who doesn't nice. know about that? <laughs> Every time I do like the, the breathing exercises though, I'd end up falling asleep. Dude, I fall asleep too. I did it on the plane once and I was like sitting there, I was like breathing in and out. And then all of a sudden I just like pass out and I was like, this is great. And now I use that like breathing exercise every time when I'm trying to fall asleep and I'm stressed. I'm just like, you know, just like use it and you just knock out. So there's some, yeah, there's great stuff in there. Weird but, psychology. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So you went to game company number two. Yeah. What next? Um, that's when I decided I wanted to do freelance, actually. How did you decide that? I wanted to be more selective and able to work on multiple different things at the same time. I was doing a lot of freelance while I was actually doing full-time. I've always done freelance on the side. As kind of a like me as a person, I feel like it helps keep me like energized and fresh because I have something else to kind of like tinker on on the side to keep like my gears turning instead of the same thing over and over. And I feel like there's a lot of cross there too, where when I'm working on this other thing, like I have ideas and then I can actually apply those to the other product that I'm working on too, which has been kind of interesting. And I feel like it's made me grow uh, pretty fast too, um, in terms of having side projects. But so I had some clients while I was doing full time and just decided that I was kind of going to jump full-time there on the freelance stuff. Full-time on the freelance. Yeah, full-time on the freelance. Can you back up then? Because I'm really curious about product designers working full-time that do freelance on the side. Yeah. For you, it was energizing. In my mind, it somehow seems that that would be stressful or... Oh, it has stress. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. There's over, lots of stress. Overworking and overwork. yeah, to, for a, sure. to a dangerous degree. Yeah, it's 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 definitely can be dangerous at times. How did you do it? It was kind of exciting. Um, when I did freelance on the side of a full-time gig, I would always be really selective of what I was going to work on and I would have to be try to like, you know, be pretty excited about the product that they were doing to like spend that free time that I have um, working on this thing on like nights and weekends. Lots of gaming companies. Yeah. Actually, they weren't gaming companies. Some, most of them were utilities. So the opposite. Yeah. I was actually ready to kind of get out of the gaming stuff. I was kind of over over it a bit because I don't really do a lot of gaming, but I was in it and I kind of wanted to just jump out of it. And that was kind of my segue into doing that. And now I'm just doing a lot of stuff that's like not in the gaming space, which is kind of fun. Can you talk a little bit to how you learned how to freelance on the side uh, in terms of like getting clients, mm -hmm. getting paid, managing time and expectations, things like that. Yeah. I mean, the time and expectation stuff comes with just doing it and figuring out how efficient you are on, on doing the freelance on the side and getting paid and all that stuff. It's, it's difficult. You just gotta, you have to chase them down sometimes, but you just gotta, you know, stick with it. How do you chase people down in an appropriately firm, but not bridge burning way? I say, oh, well, I hope your week's going great. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> mine's not, because yeah. I don't have any money. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, I just, just you know, follow up with them, be like, hey, just following up, you know, I'd like to get paid for the work that I did for you. Um, is there something I can do that you need from me? Um, Nothing all your special, stuff. just yeah, treating I mean, people like people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you did, you hopefully did good work for them and they appreciate it and they'll pay you for the work that you do. But 
Yeah. What about acquiring clients? How did you start getting those first few clients while you were still um, doing the full-time thing? Yeah. The transition to full-time freelance, it, the way that I would recommend doing it is if you have full-time gigs, start getting those freelance clients on the side so you can actually start like ramping up to actually have them and not just cold turkey it, you know, because that's kind of what I've done, did recently and it's much more difficult. Would definitely um, suggest not doing that but the, i guess i mean most of the time the way that i've gotten clients is through friends or obviously like dribble mm -hmm. you know um get a lot of traffic through that um how much of your there. work would you say comes through dribble when i first started it was a lot of it actually um my first first clients that i had freelancing were through dribble um and having stuff up there what's that like now today today most of the time it's through just I like, I mean, I go and grab coffee with people or something and kind of catch up. And sometimes, you know, if work will come up um, and, you know, through recommendations of people that I've worked with in the past. So just making sure you leave a good impression with people that you've worked with um, in the past so that they'll actually like be like, hey, I, I know a guy that, or, you know, does design work. So are you saying that the dribble thing isn't working quite as well? Not saying that it's not working quite as well. It's, um, there's a, there's a lot more noise on it, I guess, in the emails that you get from Dribble, because they're still coming in, but it's just not. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I they just kind of become noise a bit, like bad clients. Not bad Is clients. That what you mean? It's just. It's, I mean, I don't even know who, what they're up to. Usually, it's just kind of like falls into the inbox and in the the abyss of your email, but. I usually find companies that I'm interested in what they're doing and then I'll go out and seek and see who I know or like people that I can talk to to kind of try to get my foot in the door with someone that works at that company or see if they have anything going on or something similar. Okay. So it's a lot of manual person-to-person -person outreach, a lot less like yeah. waiting for people to come to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the beginning, when you have the full-time gig, you can kind of wait and float and like pick the ones that you want. But when you're doing it full-time, it's a lot of hustle. Like as of recent, I've done a lot of hustling last since I've gotten back, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot quicker. And, you know, I had some like, you know, coffee dates set up <laughs> you know, uh, when I got back uh, from traveling and stuff, but it's been, been much more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. Really? It's, it's more so that the, the interviewing process has gotten much longer in terms of like trying to get some like bigger companies working with some bigger companies um, and not the younger startup stuff, which is a little shorter. There's less people to meet, you know, when you go to the bigger, try to talk, like work with the bigger companies, you get more and more into having to meet like more and more people. So it takes more and more weeks. And I wanted something quicker that I thought was just going to be like a, you know, like, boom, like get someone quick. You know, like right. maybe like one or two, like come into the offices rather than, and meet like a couple people rather than like a lot of people. So wait, so the interview process to freelance, or are you trying to go back to full time? No, the interview process to freelance. To freelance. Yeah. There's What's been, that like? <laughs> well, I, I, you go in being like, Hey, like I'm going to, you know, I'm contracting, I'm a contractor, you know, I'm a freelancer. And then it'll be like, okay, okay. And then you like do the initial thing and you're like, here's my stuff, you know, like, here's what I do, the process, all that stuff. And then they're like, okay, they will have the recruiter person follow up with you or whatever. And then they reach out and you have this long list of things that you need, you know, to, people to meet with and like a, a presentation and all this other stuff that I haven't really done a lot of. I haven't worked for a huge company. I've usually done like smaller companies um, and usually it's a little... A little quicker. Yeah, this is process. weird. This sounds like the interview loop of 
doing a full time. Exactly. Right. So it's it, yeah. It, it that was seems very, abnormal. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting, like having to or going through that, I guess, in the uh, coming back. Yeah. What have you learned from it? Set up more meetings when you <laughs> before when you get back. Um, Prepare yeah. better. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's just been yeah. That, that was what I would say. Well, let's back up because we haven't even gotten to the point where you left. Yeah. Uh, so a couple years ago, mm-hmm. you went full-time freelance. What was that first transition like, leaving the, the games world and going full-time, doing client work? Um, it was great. I en- I love freelance. Like, I love, I'm, I feel like I'm most productive, like, outside of an office environment, mm-hmm. um, being, whether my apartment or my uh, cafe or something like that, just kind of heads down on it. But it was, it was great. I, yeah, I really enjoy being a freelancer. I, I've kind of when that, when I left the gaming space, I was been, was like, I just want to work on like, I want to work with like really, really good people, people that I enjoy like working with or like I could be friends with. And then they're solving an awesome problem that like is something that I'm like, wow, like I want to help fix this issue. And that's what kind of got me really excited about doing the freelances. I kind of have that opportunity to do that in, in that space there. And so you've been doing that for two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always been super curious about uh, why more freelancers here don't do some kind of remote, like get out of San Francisco. Yeah. That's just like be remote and then to jump into San Francisco for like a week and then leave and go back to your place that you're living somewhere yeah. outside the city. Have you thought about it? Oh, I've thought about it a lot. I was like, um, we did that road, a road trip back in March up the Pacific Northwest there to like Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver. And like every city you stop and you're like, oh yeah, I could, I could totally live here. And just like, <laughs> oh, it's to be, you know, just jump back down to San Francisco, you know, at, at some point along the way, you know, every month. Um, and it's totally doable. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but I've wait, definitely crossed my why, mind. For why sure. don't you do it? Moving cities is is tough for sure. I've done it a couple times and like starting over is a bit scary and not knowing people again uh, was hard and stressful. So doing that, like I don't have a lot of people that I know up there. Um, so that part to me is a little intimidating, um, even though it's like, oh, you can get maybe you know, an actual house or something. You know, for the um, same that you get yeah, your exactly. studio for. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's definitely weighs on my mind of like having to have that do all, you know, start over basically. But yeah, I've definitely, definitely crossed my mind to be like, well, why am I here? And like, it's just work with, you know, people that, you know, companies in the Bay here um, and be remote. But. but even beyond moving to a different city in the US, it seems maybe it's just this fantasy vision in my head of, traveling outside of the u.s Mm -hmm. and working and Mm -hmm. contracting for bay area companies and like doing the whole nomad thing is that a a, meg robo show like scenario is that a possibility like in your experience do you think that that's something that i mean it's possible i think it would be a really weird sleep schedule um (laughs) depending upon like where you are in in the world um and working with bay area companies like you know, when I was in Japan, it was a 16 hour difference. And, yeah. you know, it was like, so that'd be really tough. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's doable, especially with like all this, you know, tools that we have nowadays and, you know, Slack and, e- you know, all the, you know, communication tools that we have. And I think it's totally doable. Yeah. So you were freelancing for two years. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I guess, not only were you freelancing, but you're also working on 
a side project. I was working on a side project. Which is now live, mm-hmm. and it's a thing. In the App Store. What yeah, is it? It's it's called Wander, and uh-huh. it's a location-based tracking journals. So like geocaching? Kind of. There's no geocached on the trails, but... Geostashing. Mm. Hmm. Close, but Geo-snapchatting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, what is it? Basically, it's a way for people to kind of track their experiences and take photos along the way and then create a journal at the end of their experience and share that with the community. And other people can actually get directions to the starting point uh-huh. of that journal, which is pretty cool. Couldn't you maybe just like keep your nose out of your phone for a minute and enjoy the real world? Yeah, you put there in, are people here. You put it in your pocket and you can take photos with your SLR, you know, digital SLR or whatever what you're already like snapping photos on. SLR? Um, then you have you? to scan them, put them on your computer <laughs> and edit the metadata. Process them. <laughs> you don't handle that for us? No, no. Mm. I mean, you can send them to me and I'll do it eventually, but I can't promise timely. <laughs> Freelance photo processor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll take them to Walgreens for you. I have a stack of a thousand photos that I need to go scan at Walgreens or whatever. People are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you decide to build your own app startup? Project? Um, business? Yeah, actually, back when I was working at the game recording, mobile recording um, company, an uh, engineer came along, iOS engineer named Tim, <gasps> and we just became really good friends, and we were into the same stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I mushrooms? Like, yeah, well, he loves foraging for mushrooms and being edible. Out, being well, out, like, edible. I learned so co- much about mushrooms. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like All the like crazy Michelin star restaurants up up north actually purchase all, a lot of their like mushrooms and stuff that they use in their dishes from like foragers from tim tim some maybe i don't know i haven't asked them so maybe they do uh i think it'll feel like it might be a good business opportunity oh, <laughs> oh. yeah um but yeah we just like hit it off because we were just really enjoyed the same stuff and we were actually trying to build something that brought in um like the hike data from the web that is presented horribly right now. Um, but there is no real like API or anything that you can hook into that then brings in all of the like hiking information that's online. Uh, you basically have to like scrape all the websites yeah, uh, and stuff like that. So when we found that out, uh, we'd actually like done like some iterations around that idea of like, well, how can we present this stuff in a way better way for people to like actually, you know, go out there and experience these things. Um, but after finding that out, we had to pivot and, uh, <laughs> and jump Welcome into to Silicon Valley, yeah, right? Idea. Yeah. Idea. <laughs> Foldable paper maps. We want to disrupt the outdoors. Um, <laughs> so yeah. The outdoors has gotten a little boring. Yeah. So basically, it's you just print out the maps and you take them <laughs> with you of that experience. So you just gather them. A um, map quest for hikes. Yeah, exactly. I you like print it. it on your printer. I like it. Yeah, fax it to your friends. How can I invest? Yeah. Um, <laughs> map quest. Yeah. <laughs> map quest. Map quest. Yeah. So it's... It was a f- really awesome experience, but we were just, you know, like wanted to make something, but it did, we weren't able to because there wasn't, a, you know, the data wasn't there. So we had to go into more of a user generated content um, model, which is pretty cool in itself because all the stuff that we have on Wander is all user generated content uh-huh. and it's unique to us. So they're like nature paparazzi and you're like a tabloid. Mm, Nothing like that. Tell, yeah. <laughs> like is there pictures because the the app is tree tree what are you wearing <laughs> the app is beautiful it's, a fur. <laughs> it's got nice. some moss a little bit of moss oh so good yeah the app is 
gorgeous. Thank so you. well done. Yeah. It's and well engineered. Well engineered. Yeah, easy to use. Yeah. But like for anyone who hasn't seen it, like talk me through how I would start using it and what the output is, because I think that's important to, to understanding like what Wander really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically you, there's a, a tracking part of the, the app that you actually jump into that to create content. Um, and it gives you stats about your hike too. Have you ever heard of privacy though? Privacy? <laughs> no, we actually had. We, <laughs> yeah, we it's actually pronounced Behance. <laughs> yeah, we actually had like a, a huge upset when we first launched because we didn't have email login, um, and we were actually just had Facebook and Twitter because we thought it was going to be quick and simple, and people were going to like it because we're going to make their profile more rich and have their you know their like their about me is going to be filled out and they're going to have their profile picture and it's going to be great. And from a design standpoint, it was like woo. And then we launched, and everybody's like, "Why is there no email login?" you're going to you know steal steal all of our data or whatever and i was like we're tracking your location and all the photos you take are along that route uh -huh. like, it just, was just wait. this weird like we're going to know where you are and send ads into the woods <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden there'll just be like an ad posted on a tree like really high um uh but yeah it was yeah that was interesting but like getting back to like the how you create content yeah. uh, it's you basically track it and you can see the stats along the way um and then it traces you and then at the end of that you can create a journal and basically pull in photos into this journal creation where you can add text yeah and you can see the route that you did and then you can share it out to the world so uh -huh. the stats like altitude and like distance traveled and yeah things so like it's that? like minutes per mile what is it minutes per mile distance traveled time and elevation gain yeah so you can see how much you're kind of like getting the burn on uh -huh. does it share any of the photo data what do you mean photo data? Like photo metadata or anything like, uh, if it's so photo related, things like aperture. like No, there, you don't see any of that. It's basically just, just the photos. It's more about see. the hike than the photos. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, which was fun. It, it's, it's interesting because um, we originally made it for like this, you know, hiking and outdoors. But the first journal we got on it was in like Copenhagen. Huh. And some guy had took a... A experience, you know, like a trace down, you know, downtown and got his lunch, took a picture of that and like went here, took a picture of that. And then like we saw it and you were like, holy crap, these are like, you know, this is crazy. We didn't even like design it for a city. We didn't think it was gonna be used in the city, but people were starting to use it in the city, which was pretty cool. What was the, the hardest part of launching your own app while, while freelancing at the same time? Deciding to when to say we need to stop dreaming on this thing and actually try to get it out there. Uh -huh. um, I think that was the hardest part because you can sit there all, you know, obviously all day and like think about all these cool things that would be great and that people would love to use. Hopefully I love to use. Dude, um, you just raise money and never ship anything. Come on. This is Silicon Valley. <laughs> what are you thinking? Just keep riding the wave. But how does it scale? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was tough on, I mean, having that, full-time freelance stuff as well as like the building out wander but it's just like well we want to hit this you know we, we tried to set a hard deadline for ourselves of august we wanted to get it out in the spring uh before everybody started you know doing their outdoor activities yeah so that was i mean that was a tough part of it having to call your own shots on that and not having you know when you're at a company you have people usually above you like making like calling some shots and being like we need to do this or we need to do that and, so like, you, ship it ship it you ship set it. a time deadline not a feature deadline well leading up to that we had like features that we thought of that were like and then we'd sit down and be like okay like how long is this going to take to build and i you know i i would figure out how long it would take me to design you know but engineering takes 
quite a bit longer. Tim. Um, <laughs> 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 so, I mean, we had, we just sat down and we basically would be like, okay, like we want to try to hit this. Like, what can we get up to this point as well as having like the polish up to par and having like, you know, all like some interactions stuff in there that like, actually creates like an awesome experience and some you know, like being able to swipe between journals in the detail and not having to jump back to the feed to actually consume the content and just like a really seamless stuff like that. So that's how we kind of did it was just sat down and just like we talked Whoa. face to face. Boom. And so you launched it. What happened next? It did. Re- it was. It did really well, actually. Um, got a lot of press, right? Yeah, it got um, got featured on the App Store. Uh-huh. Caught our servers on fire. Nice. And had to put that out. And then we got some some press towards the end of the year. I think it was Venture Beat. I think for best was, designed app. Best designed app. Twenty fifteen. One of yeah, the best. Yeah. One of the best designed apps of twenty fifteen. And then. Uh, weird it was one one morning i woke up and i got there's like this twitter thing that had like app mentioned me or whatever and it was forbes saying that it was like one of the apps to like what was it like take with you outdoors to inspire you or something and i was pretty crazy but yeah it was pretty it was pretty wild for something that me and my my friend tim built and something that was just like driving it the only thing driving it was just the passion like passion project that we had for it um and just like something we wanted to exist and i feel like you know, you just grind really hard on that kind of yeah. stuff. So what's next for it? Location-aware um, nature ads, duh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do we make those as seamless as possible? There's so much real Not estate. Not be annoying. <laughs> mm. um, right now, we're trying to figure out ways to like give something to the users that they're willing to pay for Yeah. so that we can kind of make some money on this. Um, we were playing around with like some way of doing like some editing your photos within the app and never having to leave stuff like that. Um, batch editing, making it seamless. A lot of the photos that we get in journals are straight from the camera roll and giving, allowing people to have some kind of personality or, you know, around their photos and the way they look could provide some value for them that they'd be willing to pay for or different layouts possibly. I mean, there's some stuff that we've been tossing around and like tinkering with to kind of figure out some way that we can keep this thing going. Another idea we've been tossing around too is like, well, we have Wander and that's kind of like the mothership. Um, is there anything in that kind of space that we can make that's like a utility that people would want to pay for that then we can funnel that money back to Wander to help sustain it? Have one where you sit and meditate like Headspace, but with mm-hmm. photos and call it Ponder. Pondering. I like it. Dude. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull my phone. I'm going to write that down. Photo meditation. Yeah. Photo Photo meditation. Take Just a, like a serene like visual in front of your face and you're wearing like some kind of VR. Holy shit. Is there you a VR re- meditation app yet? I don't know. You can reship the version with Facebook and Twitter auth and call it Gram Tracker. You can do this more often. This is my naming service for you. <laughs> Best namer in the gamer. Yeah. That's right. Boom. Do you want Wander to be a business or is it a perpetual That's something project? we really struggled with too, actually. Um it was like, well, do we jump on it full time or do we keep it as a side project? And it was a it was a tough decision. Um, we thought about going out and trying to get some funding for it or something like that. And then we both were just like, well, we want to make this thing kind of self-sustaining and float on its own kind of thing. And we both really like working on different projects, you know, like every, you know, like continuing to work on new and newer things and like new ideas or stuff like that. So it was kind of like, well, do we want to lock ourselves into this, you know, this ship here that, you know, if we raise money for it, we're going to be locked in for a while. 
Um, and we ultimately made the decision that we just were like, well, well we're going to keep it afloat. We're going to let people continue to use it and people are still using it, but we're, we're, we're going to, you know, kind of do our own stuff and we'll keep working on it together on the side. Um, so that's kind of where it's at right now, but trying to figure out some way of keeping it afloat cost wise, which is nice. Hopefully we're almost caught up to present day, mm-hmm. but the last two months yeah, you've been out and about. I have been out. And what you've been up to driving, flying, going to places. Huh. Where to? Some people call it the PNW. Nobody calls it that. I know <laughs> it's uh, the Pacific Northwest. Thank I think you. It's what it stands for. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, me and my buddy Keegan did a road trip up my to buddy Keegan, buddy Keegan. We just, decided we want to do a road trip. I've always wanted to drive that, the one all the way up to Vancouver. And uh, yeah, we're just like, let's do it. So we did it. We did it. Jumped in my car and put a roof rack on that thing. I picked one of those up. That thing holds a lot. Uh Uh-huh. You got a Subaru, right? Yeah. It's like the best car for the Pacific Northwest. It's great. Colorado, I I, I didn't stand out at all. What else will you drive in Pacific Northwest? I think every Subaru ad takes place in Oregon. Are Mm -hmm. you, yeah, I was going to say, are you allowed to drive in Portland without a Subaru? (laughs) I don't think so. Probably They tell you to pull over and they're just like, don't drive here. So um, yeah, we just we decided to drive up the, the the coast there, as well as like trying to do more of the remote working thing. How'd that go? It it was tough, kind of. The client I was working with uh, wanted me to be more in house and stuff like that, which kind of didn't work out if I was driving up the coast. But Keegan Keegan did it, and it worked out for him. Uh, it just really depends on the client that you have at the time, I think, and if it works out for them, and if they're you know open to it. But yeah, so I've just been, been, uh, yeah, we went to Portland, we went to Seattle and went to Vancouver. They're all amazing cities. We hit up the the coast along the way, the Olympic, Olympic, what is that? Olympic National Park there. Yeah, it was amazing. That place is incredible. It's like Jurassic Park. And then you got on a plane. Yeah. And then uh, after that, got on a plane to Japan, which was a bit spontaneous or a lot spontaneous. So we were like a week into the trip driving actually. And some of our other friends, a few of our other friends were like planning a trip to go somewhere abroad. And it turned out to be Japan. And then we were like hanging out in the hotel room somewhere along the coast, me and Keegan. And he's like, Oh, just bought the ticket to Japan. I was like, Holy shit. We're like three days into this road trip and you're already going somewhere else. And I was like, wow. Well, okay. Well, that sounds really cool. Maybe we'll see. I, you know, I haven't worked, you know, I've been kind of like going down on the work stuff, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Like when I get back and see, you know, kind of see if that works out. And then he was like, but ramen though. Yeah. And then I was like, holy shit. <laughs> they have <laughs> real stuff. Yeah. They have real stuff. So when we got back, it was like, I think it was like two weeks in between going the Japan trip and getting back from driving the coast, which was a long drive back. We drove from Vancouver in like three days, I think, Uh two and a half days with a long haul. That's like 30 something hours. But yeah, so I was like, well, you know, you don't get an opportunity like this a lot where, you know, you have a a group of friends that are going to go abroad and kind of, you know, the costs you know, the experience definitely outweighed the cost of it for sure. Um, and I don't regret it at all. I think it was a great opportunity to like go and explore this amazing place that like, I was just like jaw on the floor. A lot of the time it's just so beautiful and the people are so nice and the food's incredible and the museums there are insane. Went to this one Island, uh, Nyoshima, 
which uh, has the Chichu Museum designed by an architect called Ondo or his name's Ondo. But it's like he plays a lot with like like concrete and light. And so he built this like a museum around these pieces that were you know the art they already knew what the art they wanted to have in there it's just this like surreal experience because it's just, just like, like a concrete block that has a they just tell you it has a light inside it but you you uh, never know yeah, Trust it, was us. Just, it was just crazy so like i mean there was like one room where you took your shoes off and like you put slippers on and you walk into it and there's like little tiles on the floor and you walk through this darker room into this bright room where the lights all diffused and there's just giant monet paintings of like purple blues and pinks all over the walls and everything else is white it's like this like surreal, I don't know. It was just like really out of this world. Um, so, it, you know, it was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And we, lots of traveling, like the flight over there was, I think, 11 hours. And then the we went right down to Kyoto, which was a five-hour bullet train, four and a half-hour bullet train ride. So that, that same day, I took a plane and a train. And all I needed to do was take a car, which oh, I did. Yes. Uh, Ooh, I took a taxi. Factor. But I, was in, I fell asleep in the taxi because I was completely exhausted. Yeah. And then over there, they don't, a lot of the places don't have mattresses. So I was got to the place completely exhaust, exhausted and rolled out uh, about an inch thick pad on the floor <laughs> and oh, slept God. for about 15 hours. Oh, it was shit. Just like, I think I was dead. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it was incredible. Um, there's so many, st- so much stuff we did that can't really, you know. I mean, we could get into it, but yeah, we'd be here for a while. But did you come back feeling recharged, or did you I come feel- back feeling like there's more? Like you slept more- on a one inch pad. Or yeah, that there's more to the world. There was definitely than nights where we were pixels. like, we're gonna battle for the beds. Like yeah. someone's, I want a bed. I've been on a pad for like five nights. It's I time. saw a katana somewhere. <laughs> exactly. It was just like, yeah. But um, coming back, coming back. I mean, I feel like I feel I feel ready to like jump on something. Um, I'm kind of excited to get back into it. But it was kind of set in motion that thought, like we were talking about earlier, of like, well, can I work? you know, other places? Do I have to be here? And from my experience, a lot of the clients that I've worked with, it seems like they want you to be in house a lot of the time. And I think if you're really upfront with them from the get go and be like, Hey, like, so this is how I work and I'm really, you know, efficient doing this, or I'm going to be remote or whatever it be. Um, obviously I haven't done the live somewhere else and like try to get clients here yet, but yeah, I just, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's tough to kind of get that, I think, right now. I mean, it's been, at least from my experience, um, to get that remote stuff. So you're back. Yeah. You're energized. I'm energized. Been One, searching. It's, uh, yeah. it's taking longer, like we were saying earlier. It's taking longer than I thought, I think. It's, uh, yeah. Well, maybe related, but one question that we like to ask mm-hmm. towards the end is, what's keeping you up at night? Hmm. One-inch mattress pads. <laughs> Probably the street light coming in through my curtains. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Dude, uh, my cat curtain. headbutting me at night. Um, no. Uh, Cat's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try to sleep. He comes running in. Sarah's cat at her parents' house sleeps on my head, yep. and I'm allergic to cats. Ugh. Oh, you must wake up just feeling horrible. Yep. That cat Man. hates me. Yeah. It, it knows. It knows. They, they, they know. They know. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with this guy. He's trying <laughs> to sleep. I'm going to like, let me go run up and headbutt him in the face. Um, no, but like um, in seriousness, uh, I mean, a lot of the time just like 
future, I think, like planning for the future and trying to figure out like what's the next move, like what's the next, you know, thing for me to do or what's going to, you know, like that's kind of stuff gets on my mind a lot and it gets it, it racing a bit um, and definitely kind of gets me stressed out a bit. Yeah. Is it. it is it what's next in an exciting world of opportunities way or is it like a little I think scarier it's just life in and- general. You're just kind of like, man, like, you know, like I'm here in this place, like love it so far, but like what's the next step? Like what's going to be the next step of, you know, the progression of like this path that I'm on? And yeah, I mean, try. I've been getting a lot better about like turning my brain off when I go to sleep, you know, like a lot of times you'll lay there for hours, you know, just thinking about stuff. Uh, sometimes you do your best, like sometimes I do like my best design work in my head, like laying in my bed, you know, just like thinking, you know, and you stay up for like three hours. But uh, yeah, but it's, I think that's some stuff that kind of keeps me awake at night other than my cat. Would you ever want to get out of the freelancing game? Uh, it, it's something that I've, yeah, struggled with a little bit. It's, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, the like people and the problem are huge for me. It's something that would have to like, just like click. And if it clicked, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's ride this and you know, let's do this. But, you know, just, just continue to you know float along and continue to freelance and enjoying it and being able to like, you know, work for my house or work from a cafe and check in or you know it's it's been pretty great so far the freedom's pretty good the freedom is good yeah i like that a part of it for sure what would you want to do if you weren't designing i would probably be living in the woods somewhere and have (laughs) no not that i'd have a house but i'd be like i don't know i just i've always i did like some furniture stuff when i was in college digital fabrication and like we had like a wood shop and all that kind of stuff and i've done i don't think they do digital fabrication in the woods they don't but hey, I can buy a 3D printer by that time. Hey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I would do something physical, like phys- making physical goods, taking it from start to finish makes me like really, really excited. I do like, I do, I, I try to do some physical stuff. Like I do leather working stuff right now because the city in my apartment's small and I can't really get the equipment to make furniture. Like I feel most satisfied after I make something that I can hold, you know? The apartment's too small to A, have the equipment to make furniture, and <laughs> well, B, to have furniture. <laughs> if you exactly. just designed a new rid of building my for yourself yeah. and then built that and then yeah. build the furniture inside that. Oh, that's the that. way they used to do it. Build back, the furniture the to day. build the furniture. Yeah. That's the way they used to do it. The architects would design everything down to like the forks on the table. Right. Yeah. I mean. It's, as you do. As you do. I mean, if you want me to design your building, I want to design the forks for God's sake. Part of architecture <laughs> is God's silverware design. Sake. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Dude, thanks for coming in. We're over time. Yeah, it's that been great, good. guys. Thanks for having me. Anything you want to plug before you go? Uh, wander. Uh, wander. Uh, no, I think it's, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Now Ponder. Ponder. It's uh, coming to you live soon for VR. It's going to be a bunch of uh, very relaxing pictures that aren't in virtual reality. They're just going to be t- 2D. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> cool. Yes. All right. Good chat. Cool, yeah. dude. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Yeah, man. That's episode 132. Thank you so much to Justin for coming and hanging out. Thank you so much for listening. It was a really fun episode. We got to talk about outdoor things. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, hit us up. Hit Justin up on Twitter. And we're on Twitter as well, at Design Details FM. Let us know what you thought. If you are enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. I know it sounds like 
super time consuming and things. And I know you have more important things to do, but 10 seconds of your time really helps us because every rating helps us move up in the charts on iTunes and helps new designers like you discover the show. So if you have been enjoying us, leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate the feedback and comments and ideas and feedback. Or you can join our Slack team, spec.fm slash Slack, where there's over 4,500 people talking about design and development and news and jobs and ideas and podcasts. And it's a rad community and we'd love to see you in there. And finally, before we go, huge thank you to FreshBooks for making this episode possible. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy to use suite of tools to make you a better designer, freelancer, business owner. It handles all the things you don't want to be doing, like expense tracking, invoicing, time tracking, client management, billing. FreshBooks handles it all for you on the go, on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer, making it incredibly easy to handle all of the logistics of your business so you can spend more time designing. To check them out, go to freshbooks.com slash design details. And in the how did you hear about us section, tell them that design details sent you and you'll get a free month of FreshBooks. So thank you once again to FreshBooks for making this episode possible. Again, freshbooks.com slash design details. And we'll see you on Wednesday.